Wednesday the 22nd of March 2017 marked the day when Parliament was attacked by a lone assailant. In this podcast we comment on the British Muslim experience as we look back and glean any important reflections and lessons for us to learn. We have become accustomed to the experience of the terror attack scenario. The media scrambles to get information and consequently and invariably they make mistakes or use the opportunity to create false news, to which only emboldens an organised Islamophobia industry looking for any excuse to get their ideas across. Muslims, as usual, are tense. A feeling that is preempted by other feelings of resignation and sometimes despair, waiting to see if he resembles a description of a Muslim at all. Because by now British Muslims largely understand we have a government that has little concern for us and we know there will be some backlash of some sort, whether it is hate crime, further media demonisation or more draconian legislation. Every time there is a crisis, people scramble for understanding. I reach out to a number of Muslim activists to help us understand what is happening. Two of them responded. One of them is Masalim, the daughter of Muhammad Salim, who was murdered by a white supremacist and who is also a core volunteer for Stand Up to Racism. We must remember that the last act of terror before Westminster was in Lee Rigby uh, in May 2013. The last act of terror on UK soil was Joe Cox, the MP who was murdered last summer. She was killed by the far-right white extremists who pledged allegiance to Britain first. And Thomas Mayer, and Mayer was convicted as a terrorist, yet the deafening silence from the media regarding the most recent act of terrorism on the UK streets is deplorable. And understandably, tensions are high in the UK after last week's attack, but we must hold the right-wing media, politicians and far-right extremists such as Britain First and the EDL accountable because they are trying to do their best to exploit this situation of you know, the recent attacks to divide our communities and stir up Islamophobia. They're even being allowed to march on our streets in early April, so Britain First are marching on April the 1st, on April Fool's Day. The EDL will be marching in Birmingham on April the 6th. Uh, you know, they're allowed to spread their vile Islamophobia. And although Joe Cox's killer did pledge allegiance to Britain First, they should be shut down. The fact that they've been allowed to march is disgraceful and they should all be held accountable for skillfully using the Westminster incident to promote national and anti-Muslim propaganda. Yet what we see instead are white folk and Muslims holding not-in-our-name demonstrations across the countries. Soon after the incident, Muslim condemnation became a controversial issue that made up the majority of conversations on social media. One side said that we need to condemn not just because it is the morally right thing to do, but also to leverage that and to create listening for our counter-message that we want to give to the wider society. The other side would say because we are made to condemn almost every single time a terror incident happens and always when a perpetrator is Muslim, we are made to be accountable and answerable for his actions as a matter of his faith. This only reinforces the narrative that the perpetrator did what they did as a matter of ideology and religion and ignores other real factors of radicalisation. Masalim happened to give me her personal thoughts on the issue as well. 
Every time an alleged act of terror occurs, I watch in anxiety, just like every other Muslim does, praying that the suspect is not Muslim. This is not because these terrorists are likely to be Muslims, but rather because in the instances where they happen to be, we see magnified media coverage and unjustified hatred towards Muslims in an instant. I mean, the last time a parliamentarian was attacked was Joe Cox, and nobody asked the Christian community to explain or condemn what happened. And as with my father, Mohammed, Mid Salim, no, no Muslims went out to condemn my father's terrorist murder and the free mosque bombings. You know, as a Muslim, I'm tired of Muslims condemning attacks being carried out by so-called Muslims. Clearly, remember Muslims attending uh, Theresa May's Cobra meetings, but no such Cobra meetings were held for my dear father, Mohammed Salim. We shared the same responsibility as the whole society. So, the special demands on Muslims to condemn all violent acts could be misleading. This does not mean that Muslims support terrorism. Terrorism, but there is a danger of feeding a false narrative about why these things happen. And since the 1990s, over 4 million Muslims have been killed in Western wars and 94% of terror attacks in Europe are committed by non-Muslims. But it seems as though the media always manipulates the truth. There is a great danger that these attacks are used uh, as an excuse to bomb and invade Muslim countries that have no responsibility about what happens. In fact, the best way to stop people from being involved in such acts is not to marginalise them and impoverish them. Of course, there are many who would disagree with some of her points. Others may say that we are focused on a completely minor issue. But the reason why it has so much focus is because it is at the heart of a much larger question. Is our positioning and collective strategy working as a whole? Does it have integrity towards the vision that we want for British Muslims in the future? Because if not, the consequences can be devastating as Raza Nadim, who heads up MPAC UK, took the liberty to remind us and generally outline the direction that he thinks we should be moving towards. As a minority, we have numerous methods available to us. The biggest and the most effective is social media and on the ground. We have access to people on the ground through our mosques, through our institutions. Think about it. When these crises happen, when a different attacks happen, when there are such terrorist incidents, our mosques are the best place to counter any misconceptions about Islam and put long-term proactive work into changing the perception of our religion. But also social media. Social media allows us to directly counter any media misinformation information or misdirection that is out there but unfortunately that isn't used to the best of our ability because right now we are not taking an organized approach to dealing with this organized attack on our religion after what happened last wednesday the key thing i want muslims to understand is this there will always be concentrated efforts to demonize islam and whenever such horrific incidents occur as they did last week people will with their own agendas will use these cases to attack our religion and make it easier and and basically dehumanize you and if they're going to dehumanize you guess what it paves the way for much more destructive forces and and destructive outcomes of, as history has proven so if we don't want that to be the case for us then we cannot be having the same conversations year in year out now is the time for more organized action if we're not going to take action then we have to be mentally prepared for things to get much worse because we are not taking the necessary course that's required to be able to change this tide of hate so we need much more organized, intelligent political action. We need to fund those that are doing this work. We need to support them in, in, in their campaigns. If we don't, then don't be surprised when, when it's next time it's your family that is having to directly deal with the consequences of Islamophobia and your inaction towards it. 
Here are my own thoughts. People who really want to do something positive and are not quite sure what to do need to find organized spaces to do that work. They are almost entirely dependent upon the infrastructure and the systems available. Therefore, it is those who control those spaces that have the ultimate responsibility to lead the way forward. But what happens if the way forward proposed is not effective or at worst detrimental? For at least 15 years we have been doing the same thing and the situation has got progressively and predictably worse. The impetus for the discriminatory prevent strategy was not the 7-7 bombings itself, but rather the narratives and demands that this government and others made off the back of it. And in some cases we fed right into that narrative by making Muslims the problem and not highlighting how the government has played their role in creating terrorism and even radicalization. Has no one thought that our approach is not working and we need to change something? And that question ultimately needs to be asked to our leadership in Muslim organisations and the civil engagement systems that we have. If our current system persistently dictates action and non-action that only furthers our inequality, then more good work in those spaces will do no good for our future. People need to invest themselves into spaces and organisations that have a track record of getting positive results. And if there are none, then either the current system needs to be majorly reformed or we need to create entire new spaces and systems that can lead on a more effective methodology and direction. Project Vanguard.